This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming to you live for the Bill Fuller Top Studio. Boomer Esiason, Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network, and wherever you are in the free Odyssey app. Good Wednesday morning. Sometimes you get feelings about things and you're right about them. Sometimes you get feelings about things and you're wrong about them. And the feeling that I have today, and it's backed up by some reports out there, new reports out there, that today is going to be a huge day in NFL coaching. Huge day. I think that we're going to have potentially two more openings by the end of the day. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Potentially two, we will get one. One of those two will be out. And then shortly after that, we will find out if Bill Belichick is interested in either one of those places. And if he isn't, I think he will make a decision by Thursday or Friday. That's how serious I think this is. Because these guys need to hire their staff. They got to get going. They got to get moving. You can't be messing around. And by the way, if I'm Arthur Blank and both Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick are interested in my job, I would say Jim Harbaugh, 10 times out of 10, that's the guy I'm going with. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yeah, and good morning, G. I don't know what it's uh, been. You shot up a cannon this morning. I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what you read and what you saw. But I, I know that Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni are meeting today. Yeah. And the last time Jeffrey Lurie sat down with a Super Bowl winning coach and he didn't think he was going to fire him, he ended up firing him after this meeting. And that was Doug Peterson, that's if you right. remember. Mm-hmm. And you just never know. Like what the owner has in the back of his mind and what he's thinking, what his vision is, and whether or not it matches up with the coach that he's had there that's taken the team to the playoffs three years straight. I mean, think about this. Think about the success that Mike McCarthy has had in Dallas, Nick Sirianni has had in Philadelphia, and then you compare that with what the Jets have gone through the last three years. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. Yeah, for I a know. Second. I know, but diff- different situations, of course, and there's really there's a lot of specifics that go in there. But you're right. If you just look at the regular seasons and you say that you know, Rob Sala's uh, Teflon and these two guys are on the hot seat, it looks ridiculous. 
It really does. But Rob Sala is protected by Aaron Rodgers. He wants to play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to play for Rob Sala and all the people that he said yes to that went out on that private jet, as we've talked about many times before. And when you're a, a team that has recently won a Super Bowl like the Philadelphia Eagles and fell apart in the way that they did with a fan base that's throwing popcorn at the coach when he's leaving the field. And then when you're Jerry Jones, when you're 110 years old and you haven't seen the, an NFC championship game since the mid 90s. And these are two places that's not like the others. Which place is not like the others? There's a few of them in the NFL, and those two, mm. Dallas and Philadelphia, certainly are. Yeah, you know, the, the hard thing for me, and uh, I, I don't want to speak for Dallas Cowboy fans. I just look at it from a completely uh, objective or, yeah, objective bystander. Mm-hmm. And I, what I see is I see a quarterback who has basically been brought out and played his best year as a Dallas Cowboy Well, I don't player. think he's going anywhere. I, I I know that, but I'm just saying, I, oh, the, the coach, the thing, coach yeah. brought out right. the best in the quarterback, yeah. and that is the most important relationship in sports, the head coach in the NFL and the quarterback. If you look at all these teams, the eight teams that are left, you look at the head coaches, you look at the quarterbacks, those relationships are are primed for success. And and there are two uh, organizations in particular that I look at right now that are telling me this is the way it needs to be done. And those two organizations are Green Bay and San Francisco. They are stabilized franchises with good quality leadership at the uh, the general manager level and the football division. Uh, they are great business, uh, obviously, because of the growth of their particular teams. They have great, solid head coaches. You know, they're not going to win a Super Bowl every year. They got young quarterbacks that, you know, have figured it out now. And, you know, those coaches could have been fired three times over as well. But, you know, stability is the key. And, you know, a lot of these times, those particular uh, coaches get rated. Now, because they've been so good at what they do that they end up you know, losing assistant coaches to either becoming head coaches themselves or becoming coordinators somewhere else. Yeah. I'll give you two in the AFC, I think, are kind of in that same track. One, unfortunate circumstances with the injury, but the Cincinnati Bengals with Zach Taylor and also the Buffalo Bills, even though they had their moments, but with Sean McDermott and where he's got them now. You know, young quarterbacks figuring it out, stability being there in the AFC postseason most of the time now. Uh, those two, I think, mirror the two that you mentioned in in the NFC. And, I mean, there's sometimes, though, it's it's a tough thing because... You know, there are, there's stability, and then there's hanging on to the wrong guy for too long. There's also internal dysfunction that you don't know about, that we don't know about. Are, are we kind of knew that something was going on with the Giants about six to eight weeks ago. We didn't realize the magnitude of the disconnect between the offensive and defensive side of things and the way that the defensive guys were hurt and their feelings were hurt. Mm. Um, who knew that uh, the defensive uh, coordinator was going to go to the owner and tell the owner to tell the GM to wear the headset and just listen to to the head coach during the game? I mean, you know, that's the kind of crap we don't know about until the season is over and then people start cleaning house. And I would say that, you know, that's probably where Jeffrey Laurie is going to be with Nick Sirianni today. He's going to say, this is not good enough. We need to get a new defense coordinator in here. We need a new offensive coordinator in here. Uh, you know, we're spending all this money on Jalen Hurts. I can't have him regressing. We have to get him moving forward. We got to get him right. So, uh, you know, if Nick Sirianni doesn't have an answer for it, then he's going to be showed the door. And, you know, it was interesting reading and, and listening to Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll does a uh, a radio hit uh, every week in Seattle. He had one more hit after he had been let go by the Seattle Seahawks. And he basically said it wasn't the football people that let him go. 
It's not the football people. I have a vision. I have a, pre- a precise uh, vision as to how we have to get this thing back on track. You know, they were nine and eight. They didn't make the playoffs two we- two years in a row. Now uh, he got the most as, as he could out of Geno Smith. You know, they're going to have to find another quarterback. Is what they're going to have to do. And you know, he he had a precise plan in place to get it done. And he was challenged in the meetings uh, with their owner out there and a couple of other people in those meetings. And he felt like he was blindsided by non-football people that fired him in Seattle. So like, I, we never know how these owners are thinking. We never know what's going through their minds. We never know, you know, what the fan base or how they're listening to the fan base. I guess if you're Jerry Jones, if you're listening to your fan base, wow. they want Mike McCarthy gone. But <laughs> See, the history of Jerry Jones is with these head coaches is he doesn't listen to which the fans. Which is good, which is great. I mean, but, I love the stability part of it. But it, but it might be different now uh, because he's older and this was a really, really bad playoff loss when they were a big favorite and they got killed at home. I mean, that, that might change things. And I think that with Jeffrey Lurie, I don't think it's listening to the fan base as much because you know the Philadelphia fan is as crazy as any fan there is. It's more looking at what happened. You lost both of your coordinators, and this team completely fell apart. You had no answers. You didn't get it back on track. And it looked to me like half the team didn't want to play in the playoff game, and you got your asses kicked by a a team coached by Todd Bowles. What? Tell me how that happened. I mean, were you a fraud last year? uh, No, no, they weren't a fraud last year. They were great last year. I'm saying, was he a fraud? Was he a fraud just riding a better roster with two better coaches on his staff? Well, I mean, again, you know, at the beginning of the year, I I don't know how many times they must have said it, that the loss of those two coordinators is going to be big for the Philadelphia Eagles. Can they replace them? And it looked like for about 10 weeks in the season that they were able to replace them, but much like... Uh, what happened in Buffalo, uh, what happened in I'm trying to think, uh, Pittsburgh, where they fired offensive coordinators in the middle of the year, mm-hmm. they kind of rearranged their defensive staff. That never works. You know, when you're re- when you're keeping guys in the building and you're kind of demoting people, yeah, and you're having another guy jump over another, I mean, like that creates so, m- so much insecurity and so many problems amongst the, the guys that, got, that have to go to work and work together each day. You're just better off letting a guy go if you can and get away with it like uh, Buffalo did and and like Pittsburgh did to some extent. But the Joe Brady thing in Buffalo is real. I mean, James Cook has become a real significant part of that team since Joe Brady took over. And that wasn't the case prior to that. And maybe maybe there was just another you know voice that needed to be in the ear of Josh Allen. And it's bad, too bad for Ken Dorsey because he's a good coach. He's not a bad coach. He didn't get worse over the last three years. I think what ended up happening is that, you know, Josh ends up doing his own thing on the field and you got to sometimes couch these personalities and these egos and you need somebody else to sit them down and say, look, we can't make these mistakes in the red zone. And with the exception of the Miami game, their last game in which they did win, uh, where he was trying to play a little hero ball and got a little loose with the ball. For the most part, Six out of the last seven games, he's been he's been the MVP of the league. Yeah, and you mentioned the Steelers. Mike Tomlin reportedly told his team yesterday that he is not going anywhere, and these rumors about him taking a year off are unfounded. Um, so we will see if that holds up well, to here's be the true. He's got to get a contract extension. He's only got one year left. That's right. He's not going to be a lame duck guy. And you know, according to everybody, well, 
you know, Coach Cower has always said to me that the Steelers don't negotiate during the season. They just don't. You know, they'll let him get to his last year, and then they'll give him an extension. I mean, that's just kind of how it works. But I think for a guy like Tomlin, he probably sits here, and he sees all these job openings, and he sees all these numbers that these guys are throwing around and the amount of money that they're making. Yeah. I'm sure he's paid well. I'm sure Pittsburgh pays him well. We'll never know what they're paying him because they, they don't discuss contracts, and that's the way it should be. You know, they don't have agents with loose lips. And I'm sure that Coach uh, Tomlin is telling his agent, I don't want to hear about my contract in the paper, especially in a blue-collar city like Pittsburgh. We'll keep it on the down low. We'll, we'll get an extension done. He's not going to be there for on a one-year deal. That's just not going to happen. Because if he needs to hire a new offense coordinator, he's got to make a decision about his quarterback. He's got to make a decision about his offense coordinator. He'll, he won't be able to acquire somebody that he would really like if he doesn't have a contract extension and there's also the side of it where he might get a contract extension put in front of him and he doesn't want to sign it because he wants to be a free agent himself and says i'll see what's open next year and maybe i just want to leave and go somewhere else and this is uh, enough of this place for me and i want to change i mean that could happen too and because as we've seen in new england sometimes enough is enough now, this was a miserable year for the New England Patriots, not so much for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they kept it together and went to the playoffs. But you know, sometimes these things get stale. I mean, the, the, the league is not the same as it was when Chuck Knoll was the coach for a thousand years and then Bill Cowher was a coach for a while. I mean, some of these places, it gets stale. There's, there's uh, patience runs out from yeah, either but I would side. Say, I, to me, following the league, knowing these teams, you know, pretty much – as well as I do, like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, are, they run the organizations the same way. Like they, they do not bow to fan pressure. They don't. I mean, they, they try to stay the course. They try to stay stable. That's why Marvin Lewis lasted, what, 16 years. You know, he was going toe-to-toe with Bill Cowher every single year, twice. And they were always going against each other. And Marvin came off of Bill Cowher's uh, staff. You know, so I, like those two organizations, they are, even though... The Bengals sometimes do get laughed at. I mean, they're a very successful organization, and they have been. And they, you know, now if Joe Burr could just stay healthy, they'll they'll have another ten year running them. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really important year for him to stay on the field and get back into that conversation. It's got to drive him nuts that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going up against each other in this divisional playoff round, and one of those guys is going to go to another championship game, and he's just sitting on the sideline because of this injury-riddled season that he had to deal with. And, of course, that same thing happened in his rookie season where he blew out his knee. Yeah, I kind of feel like Lamar Jackson wants to break up the the Mahomes and Allen party. You know what I mean? I feel like he's a different type of player this year. Uh, You know, he, he. I just kind of feel like he cannot wait to get on the field on Saturday. I, I, he's a. I'm telling you, he's been different all year long. Um, you could see it in the, in the way that he plays. Um, he has all the all the secondary stuff that we're used to seeing, but he's so much better in the pocket and so much more accurate now. And I, I feel like he's matured. I feel like he's ready to rock and roll. Like there's expectations. He knows it, and I think he's going to live up to them. Yeah, and he's going to have a test with a young quarterback and a good offense that he's going to have his defense go up against in the Houston Texans. That'll be the first game. And with these teams that these teams on a bye, you you forget how good they are sometimes because I, I, we don't talk about them for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden they jump back on the field. We go, oh, that's right. Uh, these guys were the one seed for a reason. You know, in these coaching searches, uh, the offensive coordinator for Miami is a big guy that's getting a lot of 
play. Uh, McDonald, the defense coordinator for the Ravens, is getting a lot of play. Raheem Morris, the defense coordinator for the Rams, is getting a lot of play. And, you know, they're all coming from that, like that same group of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, all of those people. And that that's the way the NFL is going now, especially offensively. That's why everybody believes that Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for Houston, is going to get a job. And he's going to be a head man. And, you know, the, the Panthers would probably love him to work with Bryce Young because he just got done working with C.J. Stroud, or he's in the middle of working with him. Or if you're the Titans and you want to lessen a team in your division, you take their offensive coordinator and you pair him with your young quarterback. And you see if he can do with your quarterback what he's been doing with C.J. Stroud. And he comes right out of that San Francisco 49er mold. Like he, He's going to be the next. He and Ben Johnson are going to be the next two, to me anyway, the offensive coordinators and maybe maybe Miami. Those three guys may get head jobs just simply because they're, with, they're from within that system and they know how to design and call plays, which would be very interesting to see which one of these teams can get their hands on one of those three guys. That is the formula. Find the unexpected good offense and then pluck that offensive coordinator and make him the head coach. I mean, it has happened many, many times, and that's why the Houston Texans. And also, I mean, you know, we were talking about Ben Johnson last year. This year was the first year that Bobby Slowick was, his name was was out there. But it was so good and so impressive. And if they somehow beat the Baltimore Ravens and C.J. Stroud is another one of those games and just lock it up that Bobby Slowick's going to be head coach somewhere. I, I would think so, as long as he walks in there and he has a presence about him. But then again, like, did Mike McDaniel have a presence about him? <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. No, he probably did not. And that came not. out of nowhere. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely did. We just we had just learned about him a couple of weeks prior because he gave this really funny press conference because the coordinators talk on Thursdays, and he gave one of his patented press conferences, and one of the things he said went viral, and we're like, well, look at this guy. We didn't even know this guy existed out there in San Francisco. I thought it was just Kyle Shanahan. Who the hell is this guy? And then, bang, just like that, Brian Flores is gone and Mike McDaniel is the coach. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Recco is with us. There was some funny audio yesterday. I'm sure he's got all of it. What's up, Jerry? How are you, man? All right, we are brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. Uh, so we can start with that funny audio if you would like. Um, because as I, you know, kind of set the whole thing up for Al. In the 5 o'clock hour, you've got this press conference where a lot of people that probably are football fans um, kind of descend upon these press conferences because we're down to the final, what, final eight teams now as we're trying to get to the NFC Championship and AFC Championship. And so understandable that one of these TV networks probably sent out a reporter that did not know much about football. And she raised her hand. Said, coach, coach, I got a question for you. And this is Todd Bowles in Tampa as they're getting set to play at Ford Field in the Nice temperature, uh, controlled environment of the dome. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. 
Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going into the thing, so we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll be inside, dumbass. <laughs> I feel bad for him. I do, too. I think he was trying to, you know, he did be nice. He was. I thought the underrated line in there was, should you play in Detroit this week? No, no, you're playing in Detroit this week. <laughs> Like, that's set. I mean, who was the reporter? I don't know. I, I my guess did she identify herself? You think she was just one of the local? Uh, like, I would think so. Kind of a news reporter, news reporter or yeah. something. Yeah, and that was her assignment for the day. And well, it's really cold in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not inside. Now, Al had a Al brought up a uh, a really interesting thing about the ticket prices. You see the secondary market? Yeah, there's wow. Hey, the highest ever. It's unbelievable. The highest ever. That's wild. Detroit fans are are I know. feeling it, man. Seven hundred bucks. And they haven't the seen though. it. And they think this might be the only time I'm going to see this before I die. Is there a chance? How about this? Yes. Is there any chance? Yeah, that the Packers can beat the 49ers. I mean, there's always yeah. a chance. And then, but you, and then if, if Detroit then beats the Bucks, then you have Detroit hosting the NFC Championship game. How crazy would that be? That would be wild for against, Detroit against a team who really kind of you know saved their season by winning in Detroit like kicking on Thanksgiving their ass. and like, kicking their ass. Yes, that's right. Well, it's interesting you bring up San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan with the media yesterday. Um, obviously, most people thought the Cowboys would win, and so he was probably locked in on other teams. When did you shift your focus to start prepping for the Packers? Started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. Then <laughs> uh, they scored at the end of the second quarter, so I kind of did both at halftime, and then third quarter I was... Set on one team. It was over. Yes. At uh, 48-16, turn out the lights. Uh, here was Matt LaFleur. You guys neutralized Micah Parsons pretty good. Can you do the same with the Niners' key defenders? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I think it's just the ability to try to keep them off balance where you're running the ball efficiently and then, you know, you can drop back. We, we tried to mix up some snap counts. Certainly, uh, I don't think you'd go into that game without ever – um, not wanting to chips, chip them. Well, they certainly did, and they had guys running free in the secondary, as we know. So that game will be on Saturday night. Now, Monday, uh, boy, Bill Belichick interviewed with the Falcons, like we know. Now the Falcons met with Jim Harbaugh yesterday, so they are really moving and shaking. Uh, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, you guys discussed this. He will be back for his 18th season, according to reports, because uh, apparently he told the team and ownership that he is coming back. Uh, perhaps... He could take a pause, I guess, and, and maybe die in the offseason. Uh, you know if Tomlin wants to be back, that he will be back in Pittsburgh. The question is, does he want to finally, which many coaches do, take a year off and just kind of decompose a little bit? <laughs> you know, let's take a year off. <laughs> Get in a casket, <laughs> lay in there, start to decompose, start to have your flesh rot, <laughs> and the maggots coming in, and then all of a sudden you're a skeleton, and then pop up like a zombie and take over the job again. You know, many coaches do this. This has been going on for years and years and years. It's all about decomposing. 
Oh man, yes. that was poor Mike. And then in Philly, you gotta gotta figure the Eagle fans are crazy, right? I mean, they're not happy with the way the Eagles lost to the Bucks the other night. Season's over. They were ten and one. Some callers, like caller Chuck, took it out on the host on WIP. I don't suck. I'm actually Dude, very good at this. Nah, Dude. disagree. You run your freaking mouth. Oh, would you stop being a baby? Would you just talk about <laughs> Eagle? Oh, wow. All right, Chuck, why don't you take a chill, Bill? See, I'll wow. tell you, man, this is a tough job. <laughs> you don't realize it, man. The shrapnel's coming every which way. Did that go oh. over the air? I don't know. Because I saw on the, when I w- read this story, it was like the uh, screen grab of the Odyssey app. And I, I, maybe they don't have the same situation that we have. Maybe when, because we, if it dumps on the air, it dumps on the stream. Maybe right. they don't have that there, and that's how they got it. But, oh, my Lord. And that was angry, too. That guy was angry. So you understand why Jason Kelsey, remember, played this yesterday? Everybody wonders why we're so mean. Everybody <laughs> wonders why the Philadelphia Eagles are, aren't the nicest fans. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm pissed off. And so is Chuck, apparently. <laughs> Chuck doesn't eat breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. So, yeah, so there's your uh, your NFL story. Your Rangers with back-to-back wins. Now Schneider, back to Brzezinski. Turns for the shot. Looks like Blake Wheeler with a deflection in front. And the Rangers lead it 3-1. Now with Sam Rosen on MSG, they would wind up winning 5-2 to two over the Kraken. Uh, Blake Wheeler would add an empty net goal. Vincent Trocek, a power play goal. And Igor Shosturkin made 29 saves. Here was Peter Laviolette on the Kako goal. We know he missed a bunch of games since late November. That was a really nice play by Mika off the rush. Like, he attacked it, pushed people back. And um, as it pushed back, I thought Cap did a good job of finding some space in the center of the ice and got the shot off quick. And it's nice to get him on the board and feeling that as well but it's good to have him back yep he's actually there. been noticeable too you can he's 24 is noticeable he's out there with Mika and Kreider and uh it's a good thing hopefully he'll find his game and find his confidence because man we're gonna need him you know they've they've kind of you know hit the skids a little bit you know they've won two in a row and uh now they gotta go on a west coast trip and they play Vegas on Thursday night yes so they are 28 13 and 2 right now after these 43 games they've played. And the Islanders, meantime, did lose last night in Winnipeg. Here's a shot that Sorokin can cover the rebound. It's right back in front. They score. Mason Appleton at the doorstep. 3 1. And 4 2 would be the final as they would add an empty net goal. Al- Alan Furing on MSG with the call there. Devils and Canadians tonight. You've got the. Did you see the, um, the net story about the viewership? Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I was just looking what the weather was in Winnipeg for the Islanders yeah, yeah. up there. Yeah. Um, so today it's uh, a high of one. Okay. And a low of negative 15. Yeah. And by the way, there is another Ouch. lake effect snowstorm going on in Buffalo. So and expecting three feet on Thursday. And there, I, I saw where they're probably not even going to practice, right? Three feet. Yes. Yes. We did this the other day, like looking at the forecast. It was like, you know, Tuesday. Three more inches of snow. Wednesday, eight more inches of snow. Thursday, another eight inches, which just keeps going. And then fr- uh, Sunday looks beautiful, but it's going to be rough right. getting there. It's going to be rough this week. No, no, no. For, for Buffalo, <laughs> to 30 to and sunny. How about, uh, yeah, but how about getting to practice right. for the players? Well, there was a story out there that that they, uh, they're they not practicing or they can't because I guess they want them off the roads. They can't get to the facility. Right. I mean, I guess you could stay at the facility, I suppose, but... 
Mm. It doesn't look like they're going to be practicing, so we shall see. Uh, Knicks home for the Rockets tonight. Nets in Portland. We'll have that on the fan at 9.50. Sixers-Nuggets. There weren't many games last night, just three of them, but this was a good one between Joel Embiid, of course, and Nikola Jokic. Embiid had 41-7-10, and and Philly won 126-121. He was on TNT afterwards, asked about the back-to-back 40-point games. I'm just letting the game come to me. Um, but you know the credit goes to those guys that put me in the best position to succeed. And-, and he has, and he after the game, he basically said he told Jokic, "You are the best center in this game right now." It's pretty good after the way he has played. So they won last night, uh, and then the other game of note last night uh, was the Phoenix Suns. They were, but well, the Kings have had it tough. Remember the coach the other night? Yes. So Phoenix is down by twenty-two in the Oof. fourth quarter. They finished the game on a 23-4 run. Allen holds, waits for Booker to come back and get it. He gives to Durant, right corner, it's Gordon, wide open, three, he got it, and we're tied at 115. The Suns have come all the way back from down 22. And they would win 119-117, Suns radio with the call. They outscored him, as we said, by 19 over the final five minutes. Grayson Allen hit nine threes, a franchise record, Uh, a big part of that. And Kevin Durant hit the big free throws down the stretch. And also... From basketball, how about last night? You had St. John's. Now we find out Rick Pitino is recovering from COVID, so he's not coaching the team. They go to the Rock to play Seton Hall. It's twenty four twenty four. About five minutes to go in the first half, and then the Hall just explodes. Davis against Edge of Four puts it up and through. Thirty eight to twenty four. Final two seconds of the first half, and that is it. We have played the first 20 minutes of this game here in Newark. And uh, Seton Hall finishes with a 14-0 run over the last 4-16. That's John Minko on St. John's John's Radio from Learfield. But they would go into the locker room. You'd think they would come out better. The Hall start the second half on a 14-0 run. And they wind up, uh, remember we were talking about Michigan State the other day, 19-0 against Rutgers? 28-0. They scored 28 straight points. Losers. Yeah, Minko just got up and left. After <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> Maybe that's why I got all Gary. Is Brandon still doing it with them? Yeah, uh, occasionally. Yes. Yeah. Oh, not, occasionally, not okay. every game. But I believe yes. he's got four partners. Mink. Oh, really? I think so. Depending upon where they're playing, travel. Um, I think Brandon is the in, the initial guy, but if he can't because of work, then they go down the ring. Vin Parisi, I yes. think, is one of those guys who does Vin it. those games, too. Um, here Losers. Was- <laughs> here was Shaheen Holloway. How did 28 nothing happen? I thought we just got you know, locked in on the defensive end. You know, I told our guys, we was seeing how the game was played early. You know, it's kind of loosey-goosey. Everybody, you know, they go score, we score, they score. And I told them, I thought we'd get consecutive stops in a row that we could go. But I thought, you know, Dylan did an unbelievable job getting his hands involved with everything. Shaheen Holloway, would you fight that voice? <laughs> Yeah, but not the guy when I see him. Well, that's, that's the whole point of would <laughs> no you fight way. that voice? You'd be wrong about that one, right? very wrong about that one. I mean, but you hear the voice, you're like, I'd fight that guy. Yes. Then all of a sudden, you're in person, you're not fighting the guy. Correct. What do you think, Al? Would you fight that voice? Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Would you fight that voice that you just heard? <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Want to beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, T. And then the last thing I have for you, because I think that this is, we played it earlier. I think this is fake, but I'll play it. You tell me. This is a junior league hockey game, I believe. It's not the NHL or anything. And supposedly the puck gets deflected up towards the announcer. Here's okay. how it sounds. The rush. Pulls it back there, and now Murphy. Murphy throws the pass across. 
And that puck's going to go out of play here, and uh, that's going to do it for that sequence right there. 9.25 left. I apologize if I just uh, I just damaged your eardrums there. Just It went right over the mesh, right over my head. So, uh, oh, my God. I just I apologize for that. I'm sorry. Everyone's uh, – a few people are looking at me. I'm fine. Just I'm fine. Just – you think that's real? Yes, I do think you it's really? real. really? What a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so take one in the chin, take one in the face, be a real hockey announcer. See, I don't, don't act know. like that. I need to know who this guy is. That's the know. thing. Like, I need to know his personality. Like, is he just a quirky guy and something like that he thinks is funny? Or is he just scared to death of everything and he would actually have that reaction? But he even says, like, it was coming towards the mm. mesh, which would tell me that he's behind that. I don't know. Look. That can't be a hockey. He can't do it hockey anymore. What well, no, he not is. Like that. You can't do it. Well, but he is. <laughs> Sorry, he's off. He's fired. <laughs> You're not firing him. <laughs> yes. You I mean, can. if Sam Rosen took one to the schnoz, you know, he would He would be fine. Well, And we've seen you John know, Sterling a take a baseball to the face. Oh, oh yes, we have. <laughs> and there right. was a hockey guy that got hit in the face by the puck. Right? Uh, he was ringside. Yeah, one of those guys that in between the bench guys. Yes. Okay. Like Giannone or somebody. Maybe. I don't know if it was one of those guys. Yeah, those guys would, you know, they'd go get stitched up right. and get right back out there. John Sterling didn't leave Let's when the get, ball get, got him. Get rid of this no. Guy. John no. Sterling never leaves. He's never leaving. Anyway, I thought that was kind of phony, but I figured I'd let you guys be the. That guy was a phony. That wasn't phony. Okay. Fair I mean, enough. That was a lot of screaming, man. A lot of screaming. <laughs> that sounded like, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that reminded me of Al looking out the window at the dogs fighting. (laughs) 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 And you're watching this happen? (laughs) Right. All right, Boomer Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Before we get to a couple of ratings things, I wanted to play this for you. Uh, Driving in, I thought I heard something. I had Eddie pull it, and I did hear it correctly. I'd like to play it for you. And C-Mac, who does Yankee Hot Still from 4 to 5, I actually got in the car earlier, so it was before 4 o'clock, and he was talking some Giants with a caller, and he was comparing Daniel Jones to other quarterbacks in the NFL. So here is uh, C-Mac talking some NFL, I know, crazy, some Giants and some NFL. Daniel Jones is more in the elk of Dak Prescott. Daniel Jones is more in the elk of Tua. Daniel Jones is more in the elk of his. If everything is fine, then he can. If everything is great, he can win some games. So he's in the elk of some of these other quarterbacks. What is he trying to say? The elk? Ilk, I think is what he's trying yeah. to say. And he went with elk. Elk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel Jones, more of the elk. He's more of an elk than Tua. Yeah. He's got to fix that one. Uh, it's one yeah, of those things where he probably his friends are probably as bad at the English language as him, because if he is saying elk like that on the air, that means he said in the elk around his friends, and nobody has corrected him for okay. the forty well, years that he's been on this him. planet. Maybe, maybe they figure that since he's a talk show host, he has a better wasn't rest. a talk show host his whole life. Okay, but, but he did sit across from Mike for many years. <laughs> right, decompose, That's decompose. All right, decomposing. Uh, Mike Tom might take a year off to decompose, and then he'll come back, and he'll be fine after that. I mean, a lot of coaches decompose for a year. Just one year, and then they're back. That's all they need, just a breather, decomposition, and then they're back on the sideline. We're back. Uh, all right, so you saw some big ratings. Yes. As we expected yep. with the NFL, and the reason why this was a little bit different than your normal Super Wildcard Weekend is because we had two games on Monday. Don't normally have two games on Monday. 
Martin Luther King Day, most people having off. I four thirty game was a ended up is not what they planned, but it ended up being a, a test balloon for them well, of sorts. I mean, by accident, really, yep. when you think about it, because we would have had the Bills and the Steelers at one o'clock on Sunday, and because of the snowstorm and the and the postponement and everything else, moved to Monday. You know, you're wondering, okay, Monday at four thirty. You know, it's more MLK MLK Day. What are the ratings going to be? The NBA is playing. Well, let me just tell you something. The ratings were uh, almost identical to last year, meaning like almost a 16 rating, and it was a 42 share, which is a huge number. It's a huge number. It's a playoff game. And maybe the NFL you know, fell into something here, and maybe they'll get rid of that 1 o'clock window on Sunday. Now, you and I were looking at the calendar and everything else, and I'm not sure how the NFL is going to look at all of this stuff. Now, next year, MLK Day falls on February, I mean, on January 20th. That's right. So it's almost a full week later because the first Monday, if so Martin Luther King Day is always the third Monday in January. The first Monday in January this year was January 1st, which is obviously as early as you can have the first Monday in January. Next year, the first Monday in January is January 6th, so that might make MLK Day be the Monday after the divisionals, depending on exactly when the season starts. So uh, we'll have to see. But if if there's a way for that to happen every single year, the NFL might take that opportunity to maybe even start the season a little bit later. You know? Yeah, because the, the season, if you look at the schedule this year, I think it started on September. September 7th, the Thursday after Labor Day. Yeah. And I think that number is September 5th next year. Okay. So, or this year, I should say. Yeah. So that, so we will see, but those are massive numbers. Now, speaking of the numbers that came out, Jimmy Trena, our friend from uh, SI, Long Island guy, uh, he was just putting, calculating things of what Peacock said. This is what they said they had. So let's just assume that they were right. In the, what they put out, which Al doesn't believe because it's coming from NBC and they're the only ones privy to that information. But even if we were to believe fake news, Al, what Peacock put out compared to what the other games were, that 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 game being on Peacock mm-hmm. probably lost ten million viewers. That's what Jimmy Trainer says. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, and that's assuming that the numbers that Peacock and NBC put out were correct and not fudged ten million. So it could be even more than that. Hmm. So, I mean, that is... I, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, hard to say. All I know is that in CBS, this is a, it's a big number. It's a good number. <clears throat> it's the number that we would want. It's the number that the NFL would want. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Uh, I think it's 93 out of the top 100 TV shows have all been rated... As NFL games, live NFL games. And this is why everybody's trying to get a piece of it. And you wonder why Amazon pays a billion. You wonder why Peacock and NBC are involved. You wonder why ESPN, ABC. I mean, it's because everybody wants a piece of it. So they their network can be the one that's at the top of the list when it comes to most watched stuff because you sell commercials, so on and so forth. And you would expect with all this ratings bonanza that we've seen in this NFL season, that the Super Bowl this year, hopefully we get a great matchup, is going to break records as well. You would like to think so, but the, you know the interesting thing is that you know, like I said, Peacock spent 110 million for that one standalone game yep. on Super Wild Card Weekend. CBS had bought it in previous years. You know, we didn't throw it on streaming, and you didn't have to buy a 
you know, some sort of package. We just put it on TV, and right. obviously the sales team went and sold it. Um, but once Peacock said, you know, we, we'll buy it for $110 million, CBS like, you know, we're out. <laughs> yeah. It's Absolutely. ridiculous. I mean, when you think about the rights fees that Fox and NBC and CBS all pay to the NFL on top of Prime, on top of ABC and ESPN and everything else, I mean, you know, they the NFL is is figured out a way to basically chop it all up and make as much possible money as they can. I think the success of the Peacock game isn't so much of how many people watched it. It's how many people keep their subscriptions past the game, you know? So you have to buy for a month. So how many people canceled their subscriptions and are not going to pay the February five ninety nine or six ninety nine, whatever it is? That's really the judge. Is how many new subscribers did they get that continue the subscription? Let me ask you this question: What was it like five ninety nine for the yeah, first yeah. month? So what I want to know is how many people actually signed up and spent the five ninety nine. Now, of course, you want to talk about longevity and how many people stay with it, but how about just the initial five ninety nine? Yeah, right. I'd like to know what that actual number is and how that equates to the hundred and ten million that they spent promoting this whole thing. Absolutely. And then the, what they really want is to hook you and keep you, which I don't think a lot of people will do. Regina in Sayville. What's going on, Regina? Hey, guys. Love this show. Big, big fan. What's Thanks, going Regina. On? What's up? Uh, well, you were talking about would you fight the guy with that little bit of a high-pitched voice. Yeah. What about the guy with the hockey, the hockey announcer? I think I'll definitely fight that guy. You have, to, you have to just fake a punch with no mesh around him. He's down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right, Regina. And uh, I, I don't even know if I want to fight that guy because that screaming is something I wouldn't be able to take if he was screaming as I was pounding his head in. By the way, I saw one of these videos. I, I started following this like fight videos X account, and there was a, a guy outside of a supermarket who was like doing this like fake punch thing to get people to like flinch. Yeah. He thought it was funny, and then he did it to the wrong guy. And that guy turned around and knocked the dude out so bad that he was laying on the sidewalk snoring. That's how bad he got knocked out. I was like, that's what you get. That's what you get for being a douche. I'm going to sit out there and go, oh, funny this is. Oh, you flinch, you flinch, you flinch. Whap! I'm not messing around. And his friend was like filming it because they thought it was so funny that people were flinching. And this guy's just pounding the dude on the ground and the guy with the, his friend with the camera is like stop come on stop it punch that guy with the camera dude, yeah he should have gone after him too you know so may, maybe that guy saw other people it happened to other people i don't and think so because the way he flinched he flinched like for real okay. and then turned around and wasn't having it so he he didn't just go up to the guy and start beating on him like he was walking about his day the guy does the fake punches guy flinches and then he turns around and goes you know what is this and then and then the guy was out snoring. That's how bad he got knocked out. He was like, <laughs> unbelievable. Any, any idea who the guy was who actually beat the guy up? No. no was no. he a cop? Was he a fireman? No, he's just a guy walking an around a strip mall. Yeah, it's all he was. Just a guy. I mean, you know. Guy you, going about his day. You've heard the stories of when guys are out there and they're fighting and they end up fighting an MMA guy. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. That's that. Like you're at a bar and you're all amped up. And no, I don't think this was an MMA guy. I just think this was the wrong dude to do that to. That's what it was. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Quick break. Sportsman will come right back right after this. Should I be worried about the accounts that you're following? I don't know. I mean, this is it's entertaining. Just gave us some content, so no.
No, I know. I, I know you like the golf accounts, but I didn't realize that you liked the fighting accounts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.